This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. This is your host, Darren Hood. Welcome, and thanks for taking the time to join us on today. A special greeting also to those of you who are joining us for the first time. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time out of your schedule, whoever you are out there today. And we're hoping again, as always, to bring you something to further your journey in UX along and and to enjoy more success, to have those eyes open, to have your road broadened. Just all of these great things we just want you to experience on today. If you have a passion for UX, by all means, we want to do what we can to help you to achieve success in that journey. We are wrapping up the month of anniversary celebration. The world of UX has now been producing shows for the last two years. I'm excited to be able to share the things that I know, to be able to help people out to be able to help you build your knowledge, your acumen, your perspectives, to 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 have a, a proper mindset because UX is not a, a cakewalk, folks. There's a lot of of pitfalls out there, a lot of of potholes, if you will, a lot of challenges. And so for those of you new to the podcast, I don't just talk about how we do the work because there is no shortage of trying to understand how to do the work. There are challenges in a lot of other areas, however, and if you don't learn those things, you can learn how to do the work, and then you're going to run into a brick wall somewhere. We want to help you to be very broad-based. We want you to be very holistic. I understand the value of that. I, myself, almost walked away once from UX back in 2008, and then my perspectives were changed. Somebody said something I needed to hear instead of telling me what I may have wanted to hear. And that thing that they told me, it just, it changed everything. And here I am, X number of years later, over a decade later, 15 years later almost, still standing tall, still loving the discipline, still helping other people to be able to do the same. So that's what the podcast is about. That's why it's called the world of UX because we cover everything. So, but we're wrapping up our, our anniversary celebration. Uh, we had a lot of schedule conflicts. So I'm very happy for those who were able to make it out to record a session over the last few weeks. And what we're going to do, we're just going to extend it a bit and, and we're going to get people on when we can. I understand everybody is busy, uh, but I'm so appreciative of people who have taken time to be on the show from time to time. So we're just going to extend it. We'll consider those anniversary celebration episodes also, even though it will be outside the month of May. But I'm going to wrap up this anniversary celebration by covering what seems to be an extremely hot topic in the world of UX today. And it has to do with that of mentoring. 
there's a lot of people, they're told, you need to find a mentor. If you're you're up and coming in UX, you're trying to transition into UX, you want to do better or do more, or you just want to get involved, you want to start a UX career, you need to get a mentor. And people hear this, just like they hear they need a, a portfolio, and they run off and they get a portfolio. And then they say, oh, well, you need to do this, read this book or do this thing. And then people, they don't ask any questions, they just run out and they do it. And then people say, oh, well, you need a mentor. And I get my LinkedIn, I'm thankful for everybody, appreciate everybody. I'm just citing the fact here. My, I know other people who have the same testimony as what I'm about to share. My inbox and LinkedIn is overrun pretty much with people asking me to be their mentors. And, And it's really an interesting thing that we need to note because everybody, again, they're running out because they're told they need to find a mentor. They try to pick the best person that they can. And then there's a lot of dynamics associated with mentoring that people don't know. And is a mentor a good thing in general? Yes. However, it's something that people need to be careful about how they do it. And there are some things that people need to understand about it. So today, I want to talk to you about demystifying the world of UX mentoring. And I want to provide some clarity some things that should help a lot of people out there. So let's dive into this topic, shall we? First and foremost, what exactly is a mentor? And normally I would go and look at a ton of definitions, look and see what people are saying because I don't want to necessarily define it myself. I could and I will define some things myself because of what I know, what I've observed, and I do bring a lot of experience to the table and and then have no problem whatsoever defining these things. But I looked at a bunch of definitions and I said, you know what? Here's a really, really good definition here. I looked at what the folks at mindtools.com had to say about mentoring, and we're going to start there. So we want to level set by making sure that when we say mentor, that we're talking about the same thing. Mentor, mentoring, you, you know, the extension of the word. We don't have to be overly specific with that to get the point across. But basically, according to the folks at Mind Tools, and I'm reading this verbatim, mentoring is a relationship between two people with the goal of professional and personal development. Nice definition, right? They go on to say that the mentor is usually an experienced individual. I love how they say usually. (laughs) Usually an experienced individual who shares knowledge, experience, and advice with a less experienced person or mentee. That's a really nice, basic, high-level definition. Now, throughout the course of today's show, we're going to get into the weeds a little bit more, but I think that's a great start so that we understand that you have a more senior individual who's providing insights, perspectives, understanding, downloads to someone who is younger in a given discipline. We're talking about UX, though or someone who's just starting out. And we'll talk about some of those dynamics and where they fit, again, throughout this episode as well. Now, there are some also some mentoring similitudes. There are other types of roles and functions that we do see in the professional world that really have a mentor or mentoring type of a dynamic that's at work. A coach, uh, think about a an athletic coach, a coach of a basketball or a football team, a sports team, whether it's rowing or fencing or gymnastics, doesn't matter what it is. The, the coach is providing 
mentoring expertise and dynamics for those that are under their care, for their students, for their players, for their athletes, whatever that dynamic is, the one thing that is consistent is that every time, no matter what the the arena is, it could be a chess team, it really doesn't matter, the person who is serving as the leader or the coach is serving as a mentor to all of those that are under him or her. Another aspect, um, similitude number two, example number two, is that of a trainer. When you have someone who is training other people, there may not be an actual mentor-mentee acknowledgement in the midst of that, but what the trainer is doing is mentor-related. And what the trainee is experiencing is the same thing that a mentee would experience. The dynamic is the same. The trainer is providing insights. The trainer is providing guidance. The trainer is providing direction and directives so that the person that they are training will be able to advance themselves, to improve themselves, and to go between those two points and shortening the the distance between point A and point B. That's one of the beautiful things about training is that that's what it's doing. If a person has to find those things out on their own, then there are more risks. There are going to be some different challenges. There are going to be some pitfalls. And and without that trainer, without a coach, then you're left to do those things on your own, which means that that journey is then elongated and the number of of falls and trips and, uh, and stub toes, if you will, is going to increase dramatically because that that mentor, the person functioning as a mentor, is not there. Similitude, example number three. Sometimes you have people that are known as career consultants. And the career consultants, sometimes they might be somebody who works on your resume. They have people do that. You have career counselors. You have people who work with the, we used to have the, the book, and I've been talking about this a lot lately, but we had something that was called the Occupational Outlook Handbook. And you would go into these different these different uh, agencies, if you will, and you would be able to get your hands on the Occupational Outlook Handbook. And many times there was somebody who was like a career counselor. We have these kinds of people. When we went to high school, we had these people when we went to college. You had a counselor that you could talk to who provided you insights. And the only way they were able to give you insights was because they had knowledge and experience in that same arena so that they could offer you sound trustworthy, dependable insights that you could bank on and take your career forward, take your experience forward. So coaches, trainers, and career consultants, these are examples of someone who is a mentor and and the things that they would do in those roles, these are the types of dynamics that you see at work in real mentoring. And I say real mentoring, and I know I'm going to talk about this in a bit. A lot of the things that are happening today where people will apply a word to a thing, but the word and the function (laughs) never come into agreement. (laughs) There are a lot of people today that claim to be mentors. Number one, they don't qualify as mentors. The things that they're doing for people are not things that mentors do for mentees. And well, again, I'm going to get in the head of myself a little bit. And so we'll talk about that. Let's double back. I want to make sure I don't get ahead of myself. What are the benefits? Now, you you may say, yeah, yeah, Darren, I, I, I want a mentor. I've, I've heard that. I want a mentor. And, and But if I ask you why, 
Uh, I mean, I could ask people, I ask people a lot of times now, we, we talk about why mentoring in so many words and people, all they know is that they need a mentor. They're not really engaging in critical thinking. And anytime you launch out to do anything and critical thinking is not at the core of what you're doing, not overthinking it, but just asking enough questions and just laboring to get enough clarity and making sure that you're not drinking Kool-Aid, so to speak, which is a basically a metaphor for just taking something in and not asking any questions or getting an understanding. You want to make sure that you do apply critical thinking because when you do, you're in a position to digest things faster. You're going to have a greater understanding and you're going to be able to have that stick-to-itiveness, if you will, to be able to hang in there when things might get a little challenging because you do have an understanding. But at any rate, here are some of the benefits of having a mentor. Number one, you get advice, sound advice, trustworthy advice. Advice that sticks to your cognitive ribs, if you will. Something you can bank on. Number two, you get knowledge when you have a real mentor. And they're not just winging it. They're not just Googling things and telling you what they found out when they're Googling. Yes, there are people claiming to be mentors that are doing that today. And if they're doing that, they're not a mentor. They're trying to take on the persona of a mentor for whatever their goal is. But uh, folks... If you're in a dynamic like that, you are a guinea pig. And you can't be a guinea pig and a mentee. You can only be one, so make sure that you're going to be a mentee out there today. But there are two caveats associated with knowledge that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Number one, where there is knowledge, skill should result. But please know and understand that skill only comes through practice. I don't want some people to think that you're going to engage with somebody, whether it's me or anybody else. And then you're going to get this knowledge and you're going to be all set. No, that knowledge has to be applied and you have to learn how to apply the knowledge that you have received and only then do you get skill. Skill is not something that comes by osmosis. You don't get skill because somebody told you something. You don't get skill until you do it repeatedly. So let's keep that in mind. And caveat number two, there is a ton of misinformation that's circulating today in the world of UX. And so there's no doubt, I mean, everybody's going to run into misinformation at some point in time. And as we're going to talk about here shortly, you got to have a filter. If you don't have a filter, you will accept any and everything that crosses your plate. And if and when that happens, the moment at which you accept misinformation as being accurate and trustworthy and something to act upon, you have now been basically loaded with a booby trap. The thing is, nobody knows when that booby trap is going to go off. It's like a cognitive bomb, and it's going to you're going to become a victim of that. And I'm sure many of you have, have remembered or can remember times when you embrace something, later found out that it was not true, and thought about the hardship that you suffered because of that. So you want to be as clear as you can early on. The problem is in doing that is you just don't have a filter. So it's good to latch on to somebody as early as you can, and then those people can help you get past those, those pitfalls and such. But if you don't and you're doing it on your own, uh, you're, you're about to have a bumpy ride. You may make the journey, but you're, you're going to destroy your shock absorbers, if you will, in the process. I use a, an automotive metaphor there. Uh, but again, those are some of the benefits. Number three, 
Building valuable perspectives. When you engage with a mentor, the mentor is going to give you information that's going to help shape the way that you should think so that you can excel in everything that you're doing as you're growing in UX. So this is critical. Number four, I already mentioned this, but I'll talk about it a little bit here for a couple moments, is that a sound, true, and genuine mentor should help you, because everybody needs one, to develop a filter. It is critical to have a filter, again, because there is so much misinformation out there that if you don't have a filter, that means everything gets through. That means that any and everything you hear, you're going to take it to heart, and then now you've got this misinformation that is being commingled with sound information, and eventually you won't know which way is up, and then you're going to end up coming to a standstill because now you got to regroup, and then you don't end up not trusting anything. So just get the filter as early as you can in your UX journey. And don't, don't be cynical. Don't be ready to reject everything. Just question everything. Be academic about it. Question everything and then apply that critical thinking to find out what's trustworthy, what's not. We do that in my doctoral studies. You see resources and things that you can cite all the time. The question is, which of the stuff that you could potentially cite, which of it is trustworthy? Which of them can you include in your, in your dissertation or the work that you're doing? You And you may not be doing a dissertation today. And I'm sure most folks listening to me are not doing a dissertation, but you're doing some things that are akin to or parallel with a dissertation in that you want anything that you produce to be trustworthy. You want it to be accurate. You want it to be correct. And we are held to task of doing that in, in the doctoral world. And everybody else should be doing the same thing. Who in the world wants to cite something that's, that's questionable? something that you can poke holes in easily. Who wants to quote someone that didn't know what they were talking about? Who wants to to stake their future or their success of any initiative on someone who has no expertise in, in what they were talking about? So it's basically the same thing. Make sure you develop a filter. A lot of people say, well, isn't that being judgy? Uh, you know what? Yeah. And you better be, uh, that whole judgy thing is really sad and it really reeks of being void of critical thinking. We have to judge. You, you judge to stop at a red light. You judge not to buy that milk if it has an expiration date. And, and so we, there are so many things that we do that requires judgment. Judgment is not this taboo word that's automatically bad. It's actually a good thing and, and we do it automatically. So you might as well just be good at it and understand where to apply it and then excel because judging something and being able to rec recognize what's trustworthy, what's good, what's accurate, and what's not is the difference between where you are right now in your current career status. Are you a trustworthy individual? Are you somebody that can be depended upon? Or are you somebody who's willy-nilly just going about it, just flying by the seat of your pants? So be judgy. I'm challenging you to do that today. And when you do that, you will find that you will have a filter and you will not be welcoming things that you should be rejecting. Next, 
We will gain through a mentor. It will help us to gain knowledge of the UX landscape. We can understand, depending upon who it is that you latch on to. And I got news for you. If you latch on to somebody with little to no experience, you're not going to get knowledge of the UX landscape. And you should be questioning yourself whether or not you should be that person's mentee. Because if they can't give you an understanding of the landscape, uh, then that means that they don't know what the landscape is or they know what the landscape is and they are either too afraid or reluctant to tell you about the landscape. Who's going to lose in the midst of that scenario? <laughs> uh, you. You are going to lose. And so be careful of things like that. You should get a knowledge of what's going on in the world of UX. You should be able to understand what's happening from a hiring perspective. You should understand what it's like to work in different arenas or different types of work, whether it's automotive, medical, whatever it might be, from us, whether it's general enterprise, whether it's working at startups. Somebody should be able to give you that insight and you need that insight and that's why you you seek out or connect with, with a mentor. So keep that in mind. Akin to that one, the next one is... Having a mentor should help you to become pitfall proof. Everybody should want to be in a state where it can help you because pitfalls exist. Okay, landmines exist in the world of UX. Um, it just all these 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 things that will, can and will happen that are not favorable, they're not comfortable places to be in. These things truly happen, so you need to understand what they are how to recognize them, and most importantly, how to navigate when you encounter them. And uh, a mentor can help you to develop the the skill, the knowledge, I almost said skill, <laughs> the knowledge that you need in order to navigate such things and recognize them. So this is important. Here's one that goes under the radar uh, when it comes to mentoring, and it involves the maturation of your own career strategy. We're in UX Many of us, we know that we enjoy the discipline. We love what we do. We love what it's all about. I always love when I see somebody who loves it because everybody who's a UX person today doesn't love it, folks. <laughs> so uh, if you love it, good. Uh, uh, kudos to you. Make sure you embrace that and don't let anybody take that away from you. But please know and understand that being in a UX position doesn't mean that you have a career strategy in UX. And one of the benefits of having a mentor is mentors can provide us with insights that we need so we understand how to navigate our career which direction should I go what have I done uh, so far where should I be planning to go uh, what have what have I not considered as of yet that's when you you talk to the mentor because the mentor has already been there done that seen that and, and, and so nothing that you can present to the to a mentor is for the most part, is going to be new, which means that now you can get the downloads concerning those same things. And then when you get those downloads, now you're in a better position to just plow right through those things. And most importantly, decide where do you want to be in three years? What do you, where are you now? Are you entry level? Are you mid level? Are you senior? Are you, are you principal? Where, where are you? Should you be thinking about getting into management? And there's a lot of people I, I hear and talk to people who have a lot of different perspectives on what they want to do from a career strategy perspective. But the thing I see the most, just to sort of insert this here, the thing I see the most when it comes to to UX career strategy is people who are trying to move to fast. You have people who their first job is, they claim anyway, that it's a lead position. 
your first UX job cannot be as a lead anything. That that's impossible. And somebody said, "Oh, Darren, I got you there. It is possible because I did it." Hear me out. Just because you have a lead job doesn't mean you're a lead. Just because you have a senior job doesn't mean you are a senior. And especially from company to company, because a person who is a lead at one company actually, frankly, only qualifies to be an entry level at another. There are people who are mid-level at one company and they actually should be senior level at another. So there's due to this fluctuating and really terribly dysfunctional UX maturity level across the landscape of the discipline, people are not equal positions, I should say are not equal from company to company to company to company to company to company because of that UX maturity level. It's because it can be so drastically different. One company that you're at, the UX maturity level could be great, and then you go to another company and it's terrible. Are you ready for that? And are you ready to determine where you should be from a career standpoint because of it? There are some companies that are god-awful. They have god-awful UX maturity levels, and they go to another company, and, and this might sound funny, but they go to another company and that company is organized and they don't know how to handle that because they're so used to all the disarray. So that can really be challenging. Then you have some companies that think they're further along and the people are at that company, you're at that company and you think you're further along from a UX maturity standpoint and then you get to the other company and find out that your assessment was grossly inaccurate. And, and all of those things play into what you want and, and, and should and need to do from a career standpoint. So you got to pay attention to UX maturity levels. You have a personal UX maturity level. You should know whatever title you have, make sure you properly represent who you are because if you never understand who you are from a seniority standpoint in UX, you are not going to be able to plot out a proper UX career strategy, it's always going to be off because you fail to identify where you are. Anytime you're in a, going on a trip, whether it's a road trip or flying on a plane, key factors associated with making progress on those trips involve accurately identifying where you are and accurately identifying where you are on the journey to that end destination. A mentor will help you to see who you really are they're not going to hit you up with all the fluff. They're not going to say things to try to make you feel good. And there's a lot of mentors, quote unquote mentors out there that that's what they do. They don't want to tell you that you're not something. They don't want to tell you something that's going to make you feel bad or feel like you're not who you thought you were. So they spare you. But in the process of sparing your feelings, they're actually creating a problem for you. So real mentors have courage, folks. We just eliminated probably half of the professing mentors out there. Real mentors have courage. And we don't tell people things to make people feel bad. We tell people what they need to hear because accurate assessment is a key part of the journey if you want to make the journey properly. Mentors next will help you to be job ready. Mentors, again, always helping you to identify where you are and who you are and will help you to assess are you job ready? And what do you need to do from here? And what kind of things can you do in order to become 
job ready. So these are critical. And two caveats here before we get ready to wrap it up for the day. We're going to split this up into multiple episodes. I, I think people, there's a lot here to digest. And so instead of talking for an hour today, I'm going to keep it short. Caveat number one is in associates with being job ready. Folks, this actually should have been done in the UX education phase. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well, because the more education you have, truth be told, the less need you have for a mentor. And, and I'm not going to have time to clarify that and what I mean by that today, but I will break that down. When you go through a formal education process, and I'm talking really real education, folks. I'm, I'm not talking about faux education. I'm not talking about UX boot camps and where people fervorously throw together things, whimsically throw together things and then call it education. We're not talking about that kind of stuff. We're talking about where the curriculum is properly vetted out. We're talking about what happens in organizations where the universities and other institutions will work with the corporations to understand what people need to be able to do. And then that plays into how the courses are actually designed so then people can actually be trained to do things that are going to bring value when they get into the workplace. Isn't it funny? that people like to blow off formal education, not knowing that that's a factor. That's one of the reasons why you're paying what you're paying to go through a college program and accredited program because of what went into developing the programs and what you're supposed to get from an ROI perspective after having enrolled. If you, if you can't afford to go to a degree program, we get it. We understand it. But if you can, please understand what the value proposition is what you're going to get out of it, not just the accountability, but the work that has gone into designing those programs and those learning experiences is critically important. So when you're thinking about education, please keep that in mind. Caveat number two, if somebody is self-taught, please know and understand that such a person has to connect with a suitable established person in the discipline in order to gain some of the benefits that are normally attained during the formal education process. This is critical. And there are a lot of still self-taught. I was self-taught initially in, in UX and eventually I went and got some education and I wanted to fill gaps. I wanted to make sure that I didn't have any gaps. I wanted to make sure that in all of my being self-taught, I'm sure there was something and I did discover some things that I missed. And if you're self-taught, there's always something you're going to miss. Think about the list I just gave you. So you, you're, you want to make sure to go the right way, whatever the right way is for you, because it will vary. And just because you're self-taught doesn't make it wrong. If you went to, some people go to boot camps and still achieve success. They don't achieve success because of the boot camp, though. They achieve success because they're self-starters. And, and actually, I talked to many of them and have heard many of the testimonies. People realize that the boot camp, the UX boot camp, was so short-sighted and improperly prepared and designed that they reached out to do other things on their own. And they transitioned into becoming a self-taught individual. Surprise, surprise, surprise. So just keep that in mind. But those are two caveats. You should be job ready. You have to prepare to be job ready. Mentors can afford you that knowledge, that information. It will help you to achieve just that. And we wrap up today talking about the benefits with the very last key point is that the end result of being mentored should be that of achieving independence, not 
dependence. And there are a lot of people out here today who claim to be mentors and they claim to have helped thousands of people and things of that nature. But the people that they produce, they're mean, they're cantankerous, they're trollish in their nature, and most of all, they are dependent. They're dependent on that person that was supposed to be mentoring them. But when we when you mentor people, you don't fish for people. When, when you truly mentor people, you teach them how to fish. So they provide their own fish, so to speak. A lot of people today that claim to be mentors build a dependence because they have some type of an ego connection to the whole thing and they do things to keep a person dependent and when you're dependent folks you are at that point you are not being mentored you are being merchandised so please keep that in mind and we'll talk about that again before this little quick series is over but again thanks for joining me on today folks we're going to wrap up here we're going to keep this short and demystifying the world of ux mentoring but it is time to sign off so this is darren hood of the world of ux folks have a good one and until next time happy uxing everybody thanks for joining us for this session of cx of m radio be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.